What's up, long players? Welcome back to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, and whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. My co-host is Nate Holt, Astrology's Music. What's going on, Nate? How is everybody doing this week? Uh, we're good this week. Great. And, uh, Not at all. Not bad at all. Returning guest, Ebony Simon, Lefty Grove, producer Guinness. We are listening to Ebony's, Lefty's uh, first full-length album, Left Grizzle yeah. in HD. What's going on, Ebony? Not much, man. Just chilling out. Thought I'd uh, go back and think about this. This is now 15 years ago. So this is like young, still wild Ebony writing and like sitting down and actually trying to figure trying to put together something to figure out exactly who he was but still having fun and talking about it like so for- kind of lightheartedness but still serious at the same time sorry i went off screen there for a second Sorry yeah no that. worries so first full length what had you done prior to this musically uh, Roughly, should we, start, should we start at the beginning and get a Cliff Notes version? Or? Let's do it. Do it. Beginning and right. Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes. First stage. Six years old. At a Christmas show at school. Everybody's looking at me. I'm in the front row. It was a good feeling to like have people feel good that I was doing something. Fifth grade. I do a musical with. My still friend, childhood best friend, uh, Kevin Cease, we did a musical called The Song Sleuth. And by the fifth grade, I had started playing cello because I started playing cello in the fourth grade. So from four, eight years old till I was like 15, I played the cello. Um, till Basically till I got to high school. Then it was sports and girls and, you know, life. Yeah. Uh, Stopped doing music for a while, went to college, played soccer. Basically didn't go back to college because I couldn't afford it. So I started working. And then when I turned 21, I joined a band. And by the time I was 23, I had moved out of Wichita and slept on a couch in Lawrence with my childhood friends and I was up there for 20 years rapping then COVID hit I had a bunch of programs on the computer I moved back to Wichita to help out with my dad because he got sick and started producing and went from whack to you know not whack that's where I'm at right now (laughs) but this is specifically from when I was rapping in 2008 so I do want to preface that. That's 15 years ago, so please believe. That's a lot of growth, but this is like young Ebony that you're hearing. Yeah, and you told me we had talked about doing kind of a sample, like a timeline type of show. Yeah. Um, But this is what you chose, and I mean, you said there were lots of stories, So, but I don't really know what to ask or like what the stories will be. So I'm counting on you to kind of just uh, volunteer some of them. Uh, I'll put it to you like this. Overall, when you hear the album, it's me 
rapping, but kind of like me trying, this is like the me trying to be popular era, Lefty Grove. Like I was doing kind of what was not necessarily big on the radio at that time, but was big on the radio or starting to get big on the radio. Kind of, you know, trying to make radio rap, I guess. And so it works, but it's also sloppy and young and me being an idiot and trying to be serious. It, it kind of felt like fun, but like definitely the way that I wanted to be. I just didn't know how to be that honest. So like young so people. Did you produce everything uh, at this point? No, uh, this was all by a producer, IJ the boy. Uh, he's from Topeka, but I met him in Lawrence. He was in the band at KU and we met at the skate park my first weekend right. in town. And then I found out that he was a rapper. So I saw him like the following Monday when I had gotten a job and I was downtown on my break and I saw him walking by and I hit him up. And then from that was 2000. And this is just like the culmination of that, those first years of me working with him and his beginning, the beginnings of his career as a producer, because he was rapping and then he switched to production. But like, as you, as you will see on one of these songs later on, he's one of the coldest dudes on the mic too. He just chose to concentrate on production, so. And I, I think he's still active or was recently active. I was on his band camp. There's like a production, there's a label or something that he seems to be a key part of or maybe the main, the main person behind. And there was a release, I think as recently as 2019 or 2020. Yeah, so like, I, I mean, we've lost contact, but this is all him. And that was just the intro of me and everybody who was there from the moment we started that I could remember to shout out on the record. Uh, I wasn't really, at the time, I wasn't really, I was in the scene in Lawrence, but I was kind of like doing my own thing the whole time, which has kind of just been what I did anyway. But the first five years I was in Lawrence, I basically just freestyled at parties. So, like, this album is just the first time I tried to make an album album. So, like, this song is Diamonds, and it's just a, it's kind of like the radio street song, I guess. Not, not really sure, because I'm talking about, like, different things that could be happening in life and the third verse is what I'm actually doing so so I miss did a lot of the songs on this project emerge out of the uh, parties and stuff or you're saying you were doing that and then when it came time to make this project you, you started fresh and really wrote yeah, like this is all fresh. I didn't do any of this on stage until I was recording it to do this. The second thing, got it, got it. Yeah, but like, I used to just go around to parties if there was like somebody playing at a party, 
and they were doing any kind of danceable music, I would just freestyle. Like, I wouldn't... I don't remember a lot of it, because, like I said, I was young, and I was having... It was the first time I really got to have fun in my life, so... The first few years I was in Lawrence, it was just freestyling and not really doing, like, song songs and, like, working on actual projects, just doing little one-off stuff. Because I never really thought I would have the chance to have that much fun. Mm-hmm. So I had as much fun as I possibly could while I was young. And then when I hit 28 in Lawrence, I was like, dude, what am I doing? Like, you can continue to do this, but you're not going to get anything accomplished if you keep partying and just being wild you know and it wasn't that i couldn't handle it it was just i have my life set up to where i could just work enough to party and make sure my bills stay paid instead of like building towards a goal yeah so like about 2006 i really started to get serious with ij and like work on music and this is one of the first songs it's I kind I'm weird like generally how I record the songs is how they're going to come out on the record so by the time I get to the point I'm recording something how I record it is like this song's going to be first then this song so I recorded that oh wow feels like and this is kind of the first time I actually put that in action but at the same time, I did uh, figure out that when I recorded, I don't like to be in the studio a long time working on one song. If I have five hours in the studio, I want to have four songs done, period. Like, I don't want to waste time recording. So this is one of those... Uh, this is the first Lanier album that I put together where this is how I wanted this album to sound so so did you uh, did you record this in a studio then? this was recorded in a sunroom on the upstairs house apartment that I was staying in when I moved back to Lawrence after trying to move to LA didn't work okay the first time uh like so yeah uh well, i had to come back to that because I, I i didn't know that you had uh you, you said you tried to move to la twice yeah oh. well i mean you can talk about that whenever i was just saying like i i was you know but you know, oh, no, i mean, wanted you to finish the point you were making and then like yeah like, because i mean we, we, we've known each other i just didn't i didn't know that you had tried to do that and um yeah what's uh what's your guys history kind of you i'm the newcomer here i mean but you you both go back in lawrence to 06 05 04 maybe earlier so probably earlier than that yeah i don't know if we knew each other all that whole time but no i we definitely didn't know each other the whole time but i think we met Pretty soon after, because were you were you were doing stuff with DJ not a DJ, so like DJ not a DJ, yeah. It was back in those days because I knew like yep. 
all of the girls that hung out with those guys because we all grew up together kind of like all i mean the yeah there's there's a whole kind of so big extended like, crew yeah back then yeah there was a solid 100 150 of us back then like just in reference to each other all around the same age and different all doing days, the same thing. different types of shows man Listen, yeah like lawrence was this a song, whole man. So, this song this one yeah <laughs> yeah i tried to do a little auto tune so i'm not hating it though but i did uh i did rap the third verse on this one so it was like an r&b song with a rap feature which was like big at the time and you were you were singing yeah i sang this i wrote this i did everything but make the beat and record it like what do you think listening back to it now i think all we needed was a step up in studio like the studio we were using not how we did it because it actually sounds good but like yeah Yeah, we weren't using we were using what we could because we couldn't afford pro tools but Sure, but it holds up really well. I listened to it this afternoon, yeah. and it, it holds up really well. I mean, I wish my yeah. stuff from 2008 sounded, sounded this good. For real, man. That's And, like, that's the thing that is the reason that I wanted to go back to it, because these songs come up when I randomly listen to my iTunes, mm-hmm. and I completely forget that I made this music. I just listen. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a great feeling. So, songs where I just kind of wanted to do something for the radio. Like, there's no cursing. It's just a straight up and down song. They can still be on the radio today, man. I like to think that people would listen to it more now than when it came out, which is no problem for me. Like, I think I, I think I did the best that I possibly could have at the time in the situation that I was in. Like, there was a lot of begging people to use their cars to get back and forth to Topeka and Lawrence to record this, and so a I, lot of scraping together money to make sure that you know, hey, we might not have a lot, but here's something to eat, you know. Man. Sleep in this basement I, to get I, this man, done. You should, you should either redo it or do something and put it back out. I, I, I think I, I have that. the rhyme books for this, and I honestly kind of want to just do a brand new, like a new set of beats and just redo the verses. That I mean, could be really that, cool. So and that arrangement, no, the chord changes, the, you know. Uh, yeah. That's all. I mean, that's all I did. Like I didn't. I had nothing to do with these beats. I just told him what I like to hear, and he made some stuff up. Like I don't even think there's a sample in that. I think he did all of that on 
uh, a Triton and like ASR 10. I'm pretty sure. Like there's a couple of samples on there, but not a lot. I was really big on being as organic as possible because we were trying to do something that was different from what was out at the time, including the local stuff. That's yeah, because Superman. I like that song. It wasn't that there. It wasn't that there wasn't a lot of competition. It was just that there was so much competition in my young head, thinking that like we were all competing against each other instead of like just trying to put out the best music, which looking back, I realized that, but at the time in the middle of it, I thought we were fighting for the top dog spot. So I didn't really hold a lot of musical friendships and like balances with the people that I wasn't working with. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a lot of the reason that like Nate and I knew each other, but didn't really know each other back then. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm better than these guys or anything like that. It was like, no, these guys are doing their thing. Let's do our thing. Man, and some yeah. of that, I think it, it was probably driven by like, you know, you recognize things in other bands that you were like, oh, man, I want to do, I wish we would do that. You know, I wish I could do that. And like, you're like, you know, it's no, there's, there's no disrespect. It was just like, yeah. kind of like. Man, you know, like yeah, it's like I got it now. I got like you said, man. I think you know, in a way, it was some sort of type of friendly competition. Yeah. But like I mean, it was friendly competition was, was between people more that, out of respect and and just like you're appreciating what yeah. you hear that you couldn't do or you weren't doing that you wanted yeah. to do or something. Exactly. Like hearing hearing you on the keys and watching Sean with live bands. And watching mm -hmm. Lou and everybody get down, it was just like, man, I got to get to that level. And then I finally realized, looking back, that like you guys would see what I was doing, and it wasn't necessarily what you were doing, but it was still dope too. And like, I mean, people, damn, now people, we all got know. like, you know, yeah, like we were we were really lifting the tide with the boats, and didn't I didn't realize it back then because I was young and just thinking that it was a different way, you know. I mean, I still get that feeling. Like, I, you know, you do a show and see people really digging it and loving it. And, like, you're like, oh, man, I can't, you know, like, can't wait to play, you know, next week. Like, I hope, you know, it's yeah. as good as this. Like, I hope people, you know, are, you know, dig it as much. And, um, but that's good, man. That's good. I mean, like you said, it, it's, it's a, a kind of a rising tide, the salt boats. I mean, yeah, and there's a real, there's a real, I think there's a healthy kind of steel sharpened steel mentality, right? As long as yeah. there's a, a foundation of um, respect and we can all be in the scene together and it's good for everyone when great art is happening, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we, we really were in a ball of magic at the time because everybody was dope. Like, everybody. I don't remember anybody from, like, oh, from the moment I moved up there until, like, 2010 when I was really, like, plugged in, plugged in to, like, the music scene up there. I can't remember a bad group coming through town, a bad group coming out of town. That's what I'm saying. Like, look at some of those flyers from back then. You're like, man, there's a ton of just 
insane shows that yeah, you know like just barbarians and like musical beasts and we we're just yeah. in the middle of it and i didn't realize like we were in the aisle of the storm the whole time and i never knew it until i looked back and that's what this album helps me do because I, I was I was for sure I put out a good ass album. I just didn't realize it until I listened back now. Like talking to you two right now is what I'm like. Damn, this shit's pretty solid. <laughs> well, yeah, like, man, that's what oh, I mean. Like, sure. I should I should I should have been. I think this should have been like, you know, in, in in the you know my you know recently played list like whatever like back then like I should have been you know rolling around like listening to that like yeah man it was anyway yeah, yeah man and I should mention uh, you can pick it up at leftygrove2.bandcamp.com it's available yes. you can yes. also stream it um, I didn't check but I saw most of the big streaming platforms at least so you should be able to find it around I'm going to keep going with my my one yeah this is a uh... This is uh, probably go back my and refresh. This is probably my favorite song that I ever wrote about like women. Like I, right, that's I a good introduction. I think I think it's a pretty respectable song for what I'm talking about. It's like a story song. And I would like to think that I kept it pretty pretty respectful. I don't know. If there are any Great women, keyboard in there, man. Yeah. If there are, if there are any women listening to this, please give me feedback if I was respectful on this song. Was that a sample? Or was that? Uh, that is a sample, yes. But I think it's just the uh, the keys in the background. The bass line, I believe, and the drums are IJ. The record really does um, fit in an interesting place in Lawrence hip-hop in the era. I mean, because you can hear... You can hear pieces of what other people were doing. Like, I can hear connections. Yeah. And it also stands by itself. There's not... Yeah, it there was, was... There's no one else quite in this lane. Yeah, and that was not necessarily what I was going for, but I knew that I couldn't do what they were doing, you know? Yeah. Like, it was just like, I'm not that kind of rapper, but how about I try and get as close to that as possible you know and this was my first attempt at it so that's why like it was eight years before my second attempt at it so you know and this this just occurred to me and you sound quite different but you know who else kind of has the same vibe is actually Royce's music of this era and in a way he was doing he had some similar goals I, can I don't see know. That. Yeah. What do you, Nate? What do you think of that? Uh, I think Nate may have had to step away for a second. No, I didn't. I was just okay. trying to uh, figure out these chord changes, but the, the, the sample's just slightly out of tune, so it was. Uh, but I, I dig it. Um, uh, you're asking about the Roy, like the comparison to Roy. 
But just in terms of when I think of Kansas City hip hop, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Morris was kind of in his own lane. He was kind of trying to hit the radio a little bit, you know, and had some of those goals. No, I mean, now that you 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 bring it up, uh, um, you're right. Uh, it does seem like there are, um, you know, kind of all of these sort of, you know, they all, everybody came from, I guess, you know, this, a similar, you know, just kind of that, the sound that, that, that was going on back then, but you yeah, have, and there's, you know, there's all a these thing little of, offshoots and, 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 and branches uh, just uh, due to, you know, the different personalities, you know, uh, like Ebbs and, and then Royce's and, you know, of course, you know, approach and um, yeah, all those guys um, did stuff that was dope, but just slightly different. We are back. All right. So, listeners, uh, you've just heard My My One. We've worked through some technical difficulties. We're going to uh, continue on. The show must go on. Uh, you're going to hear Propane featuring Ironic and then Higher. And uh, we're just going to keep talking. And then we'll break until next week when we'll hear side two. So, Ebony, what do you uh, what do you remember about Propane and the, uh, the Ironic feature? Uh, well, first off, Ironic is the younger brother of IJ. And I am the kind of person that is not afraid to be outshined on a song by somebody who's a better rapper. And that's basically this song. It was just like, I want to get the best rapper that I can get on this song, on this song. And it just happened to be my producer's little brother. And I don't I don't think he raps anymore. I'm not really sure. Like I lost contact with a lot of people. So if he doesn't rap anymore, he definitely left the money because he's also the author of one of my favorite solo albums. So I had to get him on the record. That's did you know did you know ironic like independently or did IJ introduce you? Uh, IJ introduced me because it was his little brother. So like sure. we were he was fresh out of high school and maybe still in high school when I met him. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I was a couple of years older than everybody that I was doing music with. So, like, I think IJ was 19 when I met him and I was 23. And I think Ironic is two or three years younger than he is. So, at the making of this record, he was right around 21 in 2008. Yeah, and so, do you remember how the feature, like, 
So you did know ironic musically, like you'd heard the music, but you didn't know about the, the personal connection with IJ. I knew a little bit of both at the same time. I just didn't realize that, like, he was. I I didn't think that like he wasn't going to be good. I was like, this kid's gonna be super dope, and I want to work with him because I figured the way that things were going. There could have been a, a nice chance that we actually kind of did something, whether it was, you know, minor, mid, major, didn't matter. Like we were, the people I was working with were a good group of people that made music. And he just happened to be the producer behind all of it. Like everybody's album was produced by him, by IG. So it was a, it was a great idea, and it was a good thing that actually worked. And you know, it ran its course with myself, and I ended up leaving in like 2010, 2009, 2010. So I'm glad he's still doing stuff. He actually produced my second album. Too in its entirety. So, eight years later. But this is me, him, and his little brother. IJ made the beat. Ironic does the last verse, and I do the first two. Yeah. So, I'm I'm shifting gears entirely here. But you know, while we're talking about um, first things and origins, and I mean, Lefty Grove. How did you choose? <laughs> well, um, nerd answer and music answer are both kind of the same, and a nickname never really stuck with me unless I gave it to myself. And for the most part, in college, I was a history major. And I specifically chose baseball as the basis and like the Industrial Revolution to, at the time, 1996, because I'm old and uh, I'm 206. But, You're barely older than me. I mean, let's be very clear about this. We're, we're peers at this point. <laughs> I just like making that joke. 208. Yeah, I don't feel a day over uh, 56 today. My back kind of hurt, but that's another story. But uh, the name comes from me being left-handed and then my name being Ebony and then Grove being where the street that I went to middle school and high school on. They were just right up the road from each other. So up the road. But also in terms of like the murderer's row picture for the Yankees too. So I took it from that and then went from there. 
and just made it my own because I didn't really want to get sued by his family or anything, just in case I got famous. So I just made it a different name. And that's how Lefty Grove came about. I like it, man. It's uh, definitely a memorable name. So, like, you know, if you saw you, <laughs> if you saw, you know, you were out back then and saw you and the name, you came away, like, remembering that's who that is. Yeah. Because I want to take you higher. Oh. Hey, everybody, we did not record a transition. We just went straight through. But that's it for this week. You can check out Left Grizzle in HD by Lefty Grove on leftygrove2.bandcamp.com. Link in the description or all your big streaming platforms. And uh, we will be back next week with side two of the album. Until then, it's been the Long Play Listening Party. Thanks for listening. Thank you.